What's happening, folks? I'm Carl Higby, in for Greg tonight. We did it. Well, I'm sorta, we did it. I'm just gonna throw this one out there for anyone who ever regretted voting for Trump or didn't like his tweets or whatever. Stop, stop. The single reason 80 plus million Americans are now legally free to make their own personal medical decisions regarding this vaccine is because Trump put these justices there, period, full stop. The, the insanely bizarre part of the second ruling of this case, though, which allowed the vaccine mandate to continue for healthcare workers is, is crazy to me. Now, legal minds are making the argument that it was upheld on standing and not the merits. I, I don't buy this for a second. I think Kavanaugh and Roberts really screwed up. I mean, on a cosmic level, screwed up here. So let's take a step back from these cloudy legalese items for just a second. According to the Supreme Court, the only folks in America who now can't make their own healthcare decisions regarding this vaccine are healthcare workers. I mean, this seems super dumb to me, especially after seeing scenes like this play out in hospitals and doctors' offices across the country. Thank you. I am being escorted out of Kaiser Permanente Hospital for um, my religious beliefs because I don't want to get the jab. And um, I asked all day for someone to explain to me why my sincerely held religious beliefs are not good enough for Kaiser. And no one was able to do that for me. The very same people who fought on the front lines of the pandemic for over a year without a vaccine being told they can't work anymore unless they get the jab. Being fired, pushed aside by the same providers that they risked their lives for battling this virus is insane to me. Yesterday's heroes, today's unemployed. Now, three justices, Breyer, Kagan, and Sotomayor, said in their dissenting opinion to the OSHA mandate that some obscure agency should have the authority to tell you, one of 800 and, or, sorry, 84 million workers, to put a chemical in your body that you might not want or need? I mean, and by that logic, can they regulate obesity? I mean, that's a danger in the workplace. It affects performance and safety in the workplace. It also kills far more people than COVID does due to heart disease and other factors. Not to mention you're far more likely to die from COVID if you are obese. Can OSHA mandate you get on a treadmill? No. I mean, can you imagine if they did that? Mike Bloomberg tried this, something similar here in New York City, where he was mayor. I mean, he tried to ban jumbo-sized sugary drinks. The city went nuts. Best science tells us that sugary drinks are a leading cause of obesity. The Board of Health's limit on the serving size of sugary drinks does not limit anyone's consumption. It just requires them to think about whether they really want more than 16 ounces. With so many people contracting diabetes and heart disease, with so many children who are overweight and obese, with so many poor neighborhoods suffering the worst of this epidemic, we believe it is reasonable and responsible to draw a line. Nine years ago, this ban was called racist, and we eventually all realized that New York City was still part of America, and that's not going to fly. Look, I choose not to be fat, but this is America. You're free to eat a large cheese pizza for breakfast if you want to. I don't care. And the same goes for the vaccine. Get it? Don't get it. I don't care. If this is all about readiness and they can't afford the risk to the force, I mean, that's what the military said. Some, I mean, imagine someone gets COVID, they might be home for a few days. They'll come back and they'll be fine. So the logic of firing a, a whole bunch, we're talking like 30% of people in the healthcare industry for not getting a vaccine, taking them permanently off the force is absolutely moronic. 
I mean, follow the science, they say. Most of these people work through this pandemic and have these natural immunities that we know by over 140 studies are make you 27 times more likely to have immunities to this than the vaccine. I mean, good, good God, are we even doing reality anymore? I mean, forget all this emotional mumbo jumbo for a sec though. I have been saying this forever. If this vaccine is so star-spangled awesome, then why are there more deaths under Joe Biden with a vaccine versus when Trump was president in the same time period, mind you, without one? I mean, it begs the question, if mass and vaccines work, then why don't mass and vaccines work? Nobody can answer that for me. Our vice president was asked the same question, and if you can understand her answer, God bless you. At what point does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working, we're going to change strategies? Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. What in the world was <laughs> the? I mean, it sounded like Michael Scott from The Office. Legit question here, okay? If these two remedies, the you know, vaccines and the and the N95 mask, if they're the gold standard of COVID mitigation, then why the heck are we seeing significantly higher rates of COVID in heavily masked blue states with all these mandates in place? Let's go to the data, you know, you know, science and stuff. We do that here, folks. If the vaccines are so critical to, quote, stopping COVID, and I mean, this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated, why is Israel, with an extremely high vaccination rate, have the exact same COVID death rate per capita as the surrounding Palestinian region with less than an 18% vaccination rate? The death rate, by the way, for both highly vaccinated Israel and very low vaccinated Palestinian regions, both. 0.079. Now, these are very similar populations genetically, environmentally. This is perhaps the first real-world large-scale control group where vaccination rates made literally zero difference. Folks, these are just numbers, folks. I'm not a doctor. These, these, this is just data. The classic argument is, well, if you don't mask up and vaccinate, it would have been much worse. That completely falls apart in the face of this data. Hold my beer, Dr. Fauci. I'm not done yet. If this is such a deadly pandemic to a point of attempting to micromanage every faction of everyone's life. Will someone please explain to me the annual global death rate over the last five years? It's hovered around 0.4% plus or minus a few hundreds of a percentage point. 2018, 2019 death rate, 0.44, okay? Pandemic hits, boom. Now, folks, if you listen to the fake news, you would think that people are dropping dead in the streets. No, no, no. It actually went down a hundredth of a percent during the pandemic to 0.43. My takeaway, COVID is not a global killer. Stop panicking, okay? In fact, 94% of the deaths being reported in hospitals include three comorbidities, meaning that COVID might not have actually been the cause of death. Noble concept. We were all called conspiracy theorists for that earlier on. Oh, by the way, while all this whole thing is going down, Pfizer's stock has exploded, okay? Nothing to see here. Don't worry, folks. Look, we're on day like 669 of 14 days to flatten the curve. This is the first bit of good news we have gotten about stopping this tyrannical mandate hysteria. Even in the face of all the legal info, all the data, people's lives have been ruined by this. I mean, hell, Citibank just came out the other day and just said straight up, if you're not vaccinated, you're all fired. 
I, I can't wait to see the lawsuits rolling over that one. But there may be a light at the end of this tunnel, folks. General Electric just announced that they're scrapping their vax test mandate, all that stuff, in the wake of the Supreme Court decision, which is a good thing. I mean, maybe the first domino to fall, little Joe's OSHA workaround was overruled. This is crazy. COVID mitigation boils down to the same thing as any other flu season. Don't be an idiot. If you're sick, stay home. If you're not, go to work. Stop testing. Stop freaking out. The Supreme Court just dealt this major blow to this nutso Biden's agenda on COVID. Thank God. But we should never have been here in the first place. Folks, it won't happen and it won't continue if we don't let it. Think about that. Here to react on more is the founder and president of Healthy Tennessee and Trauma Surgeon, Dr. Manny Sethi. Doctor, appreciate you joining us tonight. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, brother. Great. All right. So let's go into this SCOTUS thing. All right. I, I get it. You know, that they, they overruled the OSHA mandate. Big win. However, now, like I said earlier, the only people in the country that can't make their own health decisions are the, the medical profession. What sense does that make? You know, your, um, in, in your comments, you know, I couldn't agree more that uh, physicians and nurses, healthcare providers, we were on the front lines, um, you know, of this, uh, of the, of the COVID pandemic early on. And now, you know, big governments making the decisions for us, which, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm thrilled that the Supreme court struck down the OSHA mandate, but, uh, like you, I was very disappointed about this, uh, mandate for hospitals and, and, uh, anybody that Medicare or Medicaid mm-hmm. uh, provides services to. But here's the other thing I would just say. We also now know that Omicron is infecting folks who have taken, you know, two doses of the vaccine, a booster, another booster. And so I think what we're doing is, is we're playing hockey and we're trying to be where the puck is. We're not thinking about where the puck is going. Right. And so I think that's what we need to be doing. Our national strategy here is way off. And, and I just don't think these vaccines are as effective right now as other therapeutics could right. be. We need to focus on our testing. And so that's, we just need to move on here. Yeah, I completely agree. And we know, we know after two years of data with all the greatest minds in the U.S., minus Dr. Fauci, he's not a great mind at all. But we, without all that, we, we have found out that being healthy prior to getting COVID is the single greatest defense against COVID. And Biden, Biden criticized Trump left and right when it came to COVID, promised he was going to shut down the virus. And basically the other day was like, hey guys, there's no federal solution to this. At what point, do, Amer- do the rest of America, I mean, people like you and I, normal folks who have been like, okay, cool, this is our own thing, stay home if we're sick, take reasonable measures, I don't know, go buy chicken noodle soup if it's not bare on the shelves. Um, at what point does the rest of America just tune Biden out and Fauci and all these other people? Well, I think that point is coming because we're, we're seeing that the federal government, the CDC, uh, the FDA, they're, they're just incompetent. And I think what you were saying makes so much sense about, look, basic preventative health. I run this preventative health nonprofit called Healthy Tennessee. Look, people who were obese, mm-hmm. had medical comorbidities, were so much more likely to get very sick with COVID and even die of COVID. And so why aren't we focusing on reducing uh, risks of uh, obesity, on re- reducing risk of high blood pressure or cardiovascular disease? Those are, those are tangible things that we could do right now for cents on the dollar. 
uh, instead of just watching, you know, Pfizer stock uh, go through the roof right. while our rates of uh, COVID don't change. Yeah. And, and that that to me is the thing. It's like, look, I got no problem with people taking the vaccine. I got no problem with people doing whatever, basically whatever they want. It doesn't as long as it doesn't affect me. But when you push this one size fits all thing, I got about 30 seconds left here. One size fits all thing on a population that is vastly diverse from, you know, uh, nature to nurture to um, how people are raised in different environments, climates, uh, indoors, outdoors. At some point, do they have to just learn to live with this thing? Yeah, we're, we're going to have to learn to live with this thing. And it cannot be a one size fits all strategy. You're exactly right. Look, vaccinate the people who, who are very sick, mm-hmm. need it, the elderly, the rest of us. Let's just move on here. Let, let, let's let's play ball. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Doctor, we appreciate your expertise on this. Dr. Manny Sethi, we will see you soon. God bless. Thank you. All right, folks, if you believe the president of the United States, he's been arrested no fewer than four times in his life, according to him. Is Joe the most hardcore commander in chief in American history? We're going to talk about that when we get back. Big news from the app world. The Newsmax TV app has been downloaded more than 5 million times since Election Day. It's one of the most popular apps on both iPhones and Android devices. Plus, it's free. So go to your app store now and you'll get easy access to Newsmax.com for top news. Plus, you can watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. And remember to sign up for app notifications so you never miss a breaking news alert from Newsmax. Download the free app now. Takes just seconds. Newsmax TV. Watch us anytime, anywhere. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. Anyway, I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador. Guy grabbed me by the shoulder, said, you're under arrest. (laughs) Either our president is completely full of it, or he is the biggest thug life dude to ever set foot in the Oval Office. Now, we we know at least four times that Joe has has been arrested. Check that. Four times he claims that he was arrested, sometime between 1955 and 1957. He was supposedly cuffed and defending his new black neighbors in Delaware. Now, we're not sure of the date because Joe keeps changing how old he was each time he tells the story. He once claimed that he was arrested for illegally entering a woman's dormitory at Ohio University in the early 60s. He also supposedly had his own January 6th arrest for walking into the Senate chamber in 1964. Oh, and then there's the infamous tale about being arrested trying to meet Nelson Mandela in South Africa in 1989. I mean, no other president in history, in American history, has ever been arrested more than once. Now, we think there's some cattywampus afoot here. Bernie Carrick knows a bit about law enforcement, former New York uh, police commissioner. Bernie, I got to ask you about this one. He's like bragging about being arrested. Since when did being arrested become cool? Well, I can tell you firsthand it's not cool. Um, and, you know, the fact that he brags about it constantly, and I think this is theater, you know, he's playing up to his crowd for whatever reason. But I also think, uh, you know what, especially recently, Carl, um, keep in mind, I think he doesn't remember whether he was arrested, uh, <laughs> if he was arrested, uh, when he was arrested, where he is at the moment he's speaking. Um, you know, he has, in my opinion, this is my opinion, my personal opinion, he's deteriorated substantially uh, since mm-hmm. Election Day, and it's only getting worse. So yeah. I, I don't put much credence into anything he says, including these uh, these fact tales of arrest. Right. So speaking of not much credence, you were just interviewed by the January 6th committee. So let's start at the Capitol. Does this sound familiar to you? Listen to this. 
was that like uh, walking into the great Senate chamber at 29 years old? You know, I walked in when I was 21 and I got arrested. I was a, it was a Saturday. I was down visiting some friends at Georgetown University. So I got in the car and drove up to the Senate, drove right up to the front steps of the Senate. You could in those days. This was 1964. Those days, no guards stopping everywhere. And it just let out. I didn't know that. And uh, I walked in the reception room and it was impressed me and I the double doors were opened behind the chamber uh, by the marble room. I was stunned. I walked up, sat down in the presiding officer's seat. Why I did it, I don't know. Guy grabbed me by the shoulder, said, you're under arrest. When they realized I was just a starstruck kid, they didn't book me or anything. They told me just I wasn't allowed to do that. Literally, nine years later, as I walked onto the Senate floor through the same door, that same guy, cop, uh, said to me, Senator, you remember me? <laughs> Walking on the floor of the Senate. And I was telling that story, and it reminded me of the, uh, of the awe I had for and continue to have for the Senate. He's never retracted this. I mean, why was it okay for Joe, but not these January Sixers? Well, listen, uh, you know, the, the story's kind of confusing, um, but um, number one, he admits he didn't get arrested. They didn't charge him. They didn't lock him up. They told him to get out. That's what they really right. did. Um, and they would have done that to anyone else. The problem with January 6th, uh, you know, look, you had people, uh, if you watched the videos, you had cops opening the gates and letting people in. You had people walking around with cameras, taking photos. There are people that went into the Capitol engaged in violence, and they should be dealt with accordingly. Yeah. Um, but people that just walked in and looked around and did what they would have done on any other day if somebody let them in, I, I just find it sad that you know yeah. the FBI, the Department of Justice, is going to target these people like they were doing something wrong. Right. It's gone completely blown way out of proportion. Now, just this week, he made a really just bizarre and vague reference to another arrest. Listen to this. I think I'm kidding, man. <laughs> Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. So we think he's talking about a story he told at least three times now, the, the voice of his mother. She supposedly said, Joey, remember when they desegregated the neighborhood called Linfield? You were 13 and I told you not to go there. All these people were protesting and you got arrested standing on the porch with the black family. Now he changes the date on this incident each time he tells a story. He was supposedly 13 years old. I'm going to take things that didn't happen for 500. What do you say? Well, listen, I, I, I'd have to follow you. Uh, but, you know, here's the other thing, Carl. Every one of these, uh, at, at some point, uh, I'm sure the media and, and investigative journalists, they could probably identify some of these incidents. Nobody seems to be able to find right. them. That's, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, and it, this, is, this is funny. The last one is like a real whopper. It sounds like... Even Joe knows that this is false. I mean, he said sometime in the 60s at Ohio University, quote, I walked into their dormitory and was immediately accosted by a cop who arrested me because back in those days, men were not allowed in women's dormitories. Again, he he later walked this back, obviously. But listen to this. 
The last time I was here, uh, I, I want to make clear to the press, I didn't get arrested, but I almost did, because <laughs> back in those days, you students won't appreciate this, uh, men weren't allowed anywhere near a woman's dorm. And I got invited into a dorm. I thought I was walking into the, into the, into the waiting room. I got brought into the hallway. Uh, and I got escorted out very quickly by an Athens policeman. But uh, um, so... Uh, <laughs> True story, unfortunately. Uh, Bernie, I've never seen anybody sensationalize, like, on being on the verge of the law, let's say. Have you? Uh, no. And you know what? You know what's odd about this? He continues to say he was arrested. In most of these, if, if not every one, um, mm-hmm. you know, he walked into a dormitory. He was asked to leave. Right. He walked into the Senate chambers. He was asked to leave. In every one of these scenarios— he basically was somewhere he should not have been, and he was asked to leave like anybody else. Would be. He yep. tags on the arrest. Why he does it, I have no idea. Yeah. Survey says Joe Biden does things that he shouldn't do sometimes. Bertie Carrick, former New York City police commissioner, we appreciate you joining us. Carl, thank you. So Joe's tall tales about his arrest record are just the beginning. If you missed his speech yesterday, <laughs> you missed a doozy, folks. Should Dr. Jill pull the plug on Joe's presidency? We're going to be back in a minute on this. Now, I don't like to, uh, uh, you know, uh, outline the next steps we're taking against. Uh, I, I'd like to outline the next steps we're taking against over on the, uh, the Omicron variant. Just, thanks, just, thanks, just since Thanksgiving, I've talked, I've, 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 ta- I've excuse me, I've tapped uh, Dr. Tom, Eng- I hope I pronounced it, Eng- Eng- Engel- Englesby, correct? Is that right? When you're indoors in public places, you should wear the mask. And you're, there, there, there are a lot, you know, lots of different kinds of masks out there. And the Center, for, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, says that wearing a well-fitting mask of, of, of any of them is certainly better than not wearing a mask. If it's well-fitting, what if uh, over your nose? I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, what? We've look. We've heard Joe Biden stumble before, but rarely in the history of ever have you ever heard a commander in chief struggle through a public speech like he did yesterday. Frankly, I'm honestly concerned about Joe's well-being at this point. Presidential historian Craig Shirley is a Reagan biographer, and my friend Jeffrey Lord is a contributing editor for American Spectator and former advisor to the advisor to the Reagan White House. Craig, to you first, have you ever seen it this bad with any president in the history of ever? No, no. You know, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, Carl, and I've been researching this a lot. And there's nobody, no presidency in in modern history or even in the past who shows such cognitive dissonance as uh, as uh, Joe Biden. This man who's got a a incipient problem and and it's bad for all of us because he happens to be the president of the United States. It's not just an old man walking down the street, you know, he's in charge of the nuclear weapon and uh, the nuclear bomb and, and trade deals and uh, other embassies and uh, negotiation and other things like that. And this this, this is a man who uh, I think he spends most of some part of his day maybe playing yeah. with finger paints or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure if the American people saw now what they you know saw back then, like, I don't think yes. this guy could get elected to a, a home, you know, principal of a home school. So let's dive into some of what he said. I want you to listen to this, Jeff. Okay. Now, I don't like to 
uh, you know, uh, outline the next steps we're taking against. Uh, I'd like to outline the next steps we're taking against over on the, uh, the Omicron variant. What was he trying to say, Jeff? Well, you know, Carl, what, what really disturbs here is we all know he was reading off a teleprompter. Yeah. He wasn't, he was, this wasn't impromptu. I have no idea what he's saying. I mean, the fact that he says one thing and then contradicts it two seconds later, and he's mm -hmm. looking at the actual printed words on the teleprompter, that's really bad. And, mm -hmm. you know, the Putins of the world watch. And, and I, have to, I have to tell you this, Carl, on a, on a personal note. Uh, as you may know, for a long time, I took care of my aging mother who passed away in 2018. She had dementia. Mm -hmm. And I was there up close and personal every single day. I watched her, and it was a general descent yeah. into this. That's what I see when I look at Joe Biden. He does things exactly like you just showed. Sometimes he doesn't know where he is. He can't remember names, et cetera. That is not good. Yeah, our president has been reduced to a series of memes. So I want you to take a look at this one. This is amazing. Watch this. Help uh, lead our federal testing program. I've talked, I've, 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 I've excuse me, I've tapped uh, Dr. Tom, Eng I hope I pronounced it, Eng 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 Englesby, correct? Is that right, Jeff? Uh, and uh, he's one of the world's leading infectious disease experts. Mish, 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 mish. Englesby. It's Dr. Tom Englesby. You are appointing this guy to be in charge of stuff. You're announcing it at a press conference. You can't even pronounce the name. I mean, you guys must go way back, right? Craig? I think his, I think his dentures were slipping, maybe. His polygrip fell off or something. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very simple name to pronounce. It doesn't seem very difficult, and as and as uh, it was pointed out, is that uh, uh, he was reading off a teleprompter for heaven's sake. He had he had he was being prompted. He didn't have to dig into the recesses of his memory to come up with that name. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I am dyslexic. I have no college degree, and I look at it in the prompter when it comes up. It is plain as day to to me to say Inglesby. I, mean, I, I don't know, but Jeff, yes. the craziest thing is the deer in the headlights. Look, watch this. Mr. President, we have a message for vaccinated Americans who are wondering why they should continue to restrict their activities given that your health officials say most Americans will get COVID at some point. Folks, we'll talk about that later. Come on. Mr. President, why should Americans trust your administration to be COVID when the virus is still around? I'm voting against the Republicans that don't support the virus. The virus is going away, so we're watching the media. Thank you so much. Mr. President, we believe all the countries that you're meeting of the end me too. I mean, Jeff, I, I don't mean to be critical here, but this is actually like I, I, I'm a little upset about this. Is, does Jill, you know, Dr. Jill Biden have any responsibility here to defend her husband? Forget the presidency at this point. Is, did she hold any grounds here to, to protect him? I mean, it looks this is like, almost like elder abuse. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I'll make one contrast that I'm, I'm sure Craig knows about. In 1918, I think it was, Woodrow Wilson had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And yes. they, he was out on a speaking tour in support of the League of Nations. They brought him back to the White House. A couple of days later, his wife found him on the bathroom floor, 
unconscious, blood coming out of his head. First reaction, they get the doctor, put him in the bed, understand he's had a stroke. And what do they do? They conceal this from the American public. The doctor tells Mrs. Wilson, do not let any decisions come his way because it would add stress and it it could kill him. So they seal him off. His wife, his doctor, and his private secretary, a guy named Joe Tumulty, Mm -hmm. and uh, basically seal him off. And they won't sign a statement of disability or anything. They just let him sit there and protect him. I have absolutely no doubt some version of that is going on with Joe Biden in terms of decisions made as to when and where and how to wheel him out there in public. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they have got to be terrified of this press conference that's coming up here. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like I genuinely feel bad for the guy because he doesn't he doesn't know the difference. I mean, he's in a a state of mind that is that is declining. So, Craig, we talked a few minutes ago about Joe Biden's arrest record. Now, he's claimed four different (laughs) times that we did a little digging. Apparently, Joe is in a league of his own. We know George W. Bush was busted for a DUI back in 76. Apparently, Ulysses Ulysses S. Grant was arrested in 1872 for speeding around D.C. in a horse and carriage. You can imagine the optics there. Now, President Pierce was arrested for accidentally trampling a woman with his horse. Craig, are we missing something, or is Joe the only president to be, quote, arrested more than once? No, apparently he's in an all-star league of his own as far as uh, being arrested. Of course, there's no evidence whatsoever, no photographs, no paperwork, nothing proving his uh, point. But I think that goes to what Jeff and I and and you, Carl, have all been talking about is is that this is is a fabulist. I'm amazed with with the ease of which he lies. Mm. Uh, that he tells these uh, tall tales. There's no shame in him whatsoever. There's no concealment in him whatsoever. He tells it as if as if he actually he really, really believes it. Yeah. And it, there's no evidence to prove it whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the other thing, guys, is that we, we know he's a liar because, like, he talked about winning the moot competition, the moot court competition. He was top yes. of his class at, in law school. Like, these are all verifiable things. It's not like we're yeah. never going to find out, and especially in today's day and age with this thing called the interweb that Al Gore invented. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, Craig Shirley, Jeffrey Lord, we appreciate you being here tonight, guys. Thanks, Thank Carl. You. Thanks, Craig. All right, well, it's bad enough that social media in Hollywood and the fake news have all basically gone woke. But now even your laptop is making sure you're politically correct. Words gone woke. Half the break. Welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial. A people that are still what? here, in, continuing to honor. This is Microsoft, possibly the most I- iconic innovator in American history. Virtue signaling with a robust blame America apology speech. Now, apparently, the land their headquarters is built on was a Native American land a few hundred years ago, just like pretty much every inch of America was at some point in history. But in just in this case, it's it's not quite woke enough for Microsoft. They they've taken the liberty of turning your personal computer into the woke police. John Schweppe is the Director of Policy and Government Affairs at the American Principles Project. John, 
I'm a little weirded out by this, okay? The new version of Microsoft Word, Microsoft Word, every, everybody uses, this is like the gold standard in any type of uh, typing you do on your laptop. It features a filter for, quote, inclusiveness. Everyday words come up underlined in purple. They're considered potentially offensive or biased. Eskimo, I mean, look at this. Eskimo may imply bias against indigenous people according to the new thought police. Was I mean, was anyone actually asking for this or did Microsoft just take it upon their themselves to, to do this? Are, are our computers not woke enough? I don't know about you. I, I hate the squiggly lines already. And now they're trying to give us more of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 ridiculous. But this is straight out of 1984. It's Orwell. It's, you know, about redefining our language, about preventing us from saying things that are actual descriptions of actual ideas mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, instead uh, using them to, to, to do their woke preferred ideas. But unfortunately, we've seen this with the left coast, with Silicon Valley. Uh, they continue to descend into this. And it's sad. You know, we used to send our best and brightest out there. Uh, Microsoft, as you said, a titan of industry, yeah. really something Americans should be proud of. And unfortunately, this is what they're focused on now. This is where all of their uh, intelligence is going, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we've already had them, you know, when they try to be smarter than you, when you have like an indentation, everybody's been there, they're hitting enter, trying to get back to normal. We have some other just fantastic examples of this. So you type the word postman, it says a gender neutral uh, term would be more inclusive here. First off, we have postmen. We have postwomen. It's is anyone really worried about the gender specific pronouns of, of our our postman? I mean, how about this one? Blacklisted. I mean, Microsoft said this word appears biased. Um, blacklist. I mean, apparently originating in the 17th century England and has absolutely nothing to do with race. Are, are we going too far here? Absolutely. But unfortunately, we've really let the inmates run the asylum. And yeah. what's happened at all of these big tech companies, not just Microsoft, but Twitter, especially Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you have these, you know, gender studies majors from college come in and 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 then the, the CEOs, they just, you know, let them decide everything. Yeah. And so this is unfortunate. And what, what's really happening here that I think we should be worried about is that, you know, this wasn't a big deal when it was happening on college campuses. But now this is affecting our everyday life. And uh, and these folks really do want to censor us. They want to make it where we can't speak, where you yeah. can't say postman. Or even if I am a postman and I want to identify as a postman, I can't call myself a postman. I know. And I think that's absolutely insane. And so we really got to, uh, you know, mocking them is helpful. I think segments like this are good. But really, we have to push back against these guys because this is this is really dangerous long term. Yeah. I mean, this all started when Apple took my gun emoji out of the text messaging function. I was very angry about that. Look, Microsoft released a statement saying you can turn this function off and it will never autocorrect anything with their inclusiveness filter. I mean, is that enough? Because like there is this little trash can logo at the bottom right hand side of my screen. and I'm pretty sure that's where it's going to go tonight for me. Yeah, for, for now, I guess that works. I, although I'm sure every Fortune 500 woke company is going to require their uh, communications people to use it. Right. Uh, but that's that's for this version. And then in the future, you know, it'll be a requirement. It'll become AP style, right? To not not ever uh, say things like mankind. Um, and it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is shocking to me. And it'll become an HR offense. I mean, did we used to have this thing in America. I'm trying to remember what. Oh, free speech. That's what it was. So look, earlier this week, President Biden called on big tech to you know, crack down on COVID misinformation. Listen to this. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, do it. Personal choice impacts us all, our hospitals, our countries. 
I make a special appeal to social media companies and media outlets. Please deal with the misinformation and disinformation that's on your shows. It has to stop. I mean, look, where I come from, it's either a truth or it's a lie. This misinformation, disinformation for me is just them saying, we don't agree with it, so we're going to label it something. But it's not a lie. It doesn't make it untrue. I am so sick and tired of putting a thing on Instagram and it's saying, for more COVID resources, please visit the seat. You know, it's like, just let me post stuff. <laughs> no, that's absolutely right. We all know that misinformation ends up being true quite often. But I think the significant thing there about uh, Biden saying that is the argument has always been, well, the First Amendment only applies to government actors, but private companies can do whatever they want. Right. Well, when the government is telling private companies to censor speech and then they go ahead and do it, those companies are acting as state actors. Yeah. And that's a, that is a violation of the First Amendment. Yeah. So I think, you know, going forward, we have plenty of evidence that these companies are acting on behalf of Democrats. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we should sue the heck out of them. I remember I had a post taken down by Instagram like seven or eight months ago. I said, folks, the vaccine does not stop the spread of COVID. They took it down. They didn't, they didn't even like warn me or anything. Just, it was just gone. I mean, if we have that kind of problem, we are in some deep doo-doo. John Schweppe, we appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks so much. All right. I just saw when you thought the southern border crisis couldn't possibly get any worse. Introducing the cartel's new Air Force. Gang members gone airborne. Stick around for this. So you're looking at a whole new era in the battle on our southern border. Reports say this video from a Mexican drug cartel drone as it drops bombs on a rival gang member. I mean, this is crazy. This is not Syria. This is not Iraq. This is not a war zone. This, this is a hop, skip, and a jump across the border from us. What is the border czar Kamala Harris going to do about this situation? I wonder. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I'm here in Guatemala today I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean, I don't I don't understand the point. Well, now she's definitely not going to the border that the cartel has drones. I mean, Mark Morgan, former acting commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection, Mark, I mean, they've got drones. We knew they had some of these guys even had submarines. They're pretty technologically advanced. They're trafficking drugs underwater. Now they're bombing, you know, rival gang members of the cartel. Are we are we taking this seriously enough? Well, uh, you mean with respect to the vice president referring to the catastrophic crisis on the southwest border as this this thing on our border? You know, of course they're not. <laughs> I, I mean, every time I see that, Carl, I tell you. But look. I think it's it's too early to to, to uh, say that this is going to turn into a a, a large scale war between the the Mexican cartels. But but here's what we do know: we know that everything that illegally enters in the United States from from Mexico, the cartels own it. And any time that administration's policies and 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 actions open up those smuggling areas and those smuggling routes like we have under the current administration, those become exponentially more profitable. And we saw this in 2007, where we did actually see a war between the cartels that resulted in yeah. the devastation of countless lives. Uh, but right now, the, the, the irony here is that is our borders are so open and there's so much profit for the cartels that that actually could prevent them from actually uh, entering the large scale of war because there's so much money to be made by all. Yeah, but if we're talking about drug dealers having an air force, I mean, 
for the love of God, like this is this goes far beyond people flooding the borders with backpacks of drugs or trucks or things like that. I mean, they are literally dropping bombs on rival. How long before they're dropping it here on American soil? I think this is a fair question, Carl. And look, we've known they, they, these cartels. They're, they're nothing like we've ever seen before, nothing right. like we've ever seen in the United States. Even the most sophisticated over, uh, organized crime syndicates in the United yeah. States pale in comparison. These cartels, you know, these cartels are, are mili- they're paramilitary organization. They have military gear. Yeah. They're military trained. They are righteous terrorist organizations that are controlling our border and yeah. pouring threats into our country every single day. Well, the other thing, too, is like, what, what maybe this uh, may correct me if I'm wrong, but like, look, I spent nine years in and out of Iraq. I, I understand enemies pretty well. These guys don't care. You can try to be diplomatic or have reasonable conversations with them or send all the humanitarian aid you want to these people. And they'll just chop your arms off to traffic their drugs anyway. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Look, we've seen they, they've committed some of the most horrific atrocities that we've ever seen by any human being. Mm-hmm. And, and they are just getting stronger and stronger every single day. And they're becoming more powerful, more emboldened and more influential every single day because of this administration's open border policies. That's something they're just lying to the American people about. This administration is pouring billions of dollars into the hands of the cartels and they're getting stronger every single day. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And the current Border Patrol chief, God bless him, down in Del Rio, Texas, tweeted a few days ago that several migrants from the so-called special interest countries, they were arrested trying to sneak into the U.S. A few dozen of these guys from Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. They're not coming from Mexico or Guatemala. Now, the, the rest are from Syria, Tajikistan, West Africa. I mean, these are not places that really have a bunch of people that love America in them. Am I wrong? Uh, Carl Guinea, you know that, especially from your military service. Look, this is another false narrative lie that the administration is telling. This is not just uh, migrants, you know, coming from Mexico, the Northern Triangle countries. This is even about the Western Hemisphere. This is about the entire world. In the last 12 months, Border Patrol agents have apprehended illegal aliens from over 150 different countries, including thousands from what we refer to from special interest uh, countries, we, uh, special interest aliens, we call them. That's why we say that besides this being a humanitarian crisis, a public health and public yeah. safety crisis. This is absolutely a national security crisis. As we saw what happened in Afghanistan, yeah. and, and they returned to a, a once again being a terrorist haven, terrorist operating base, we know that the terrorists, their resolve, you know yeah. this better than anybody, to, to their resolve to do us harm, both abroad and here at home, has yeah. not wavered. They're looking Hasn't for worked. every opportunity to exploit and they have to look no farther than the Southwest border, Carl. Yeah, and it's a real problem. I'm all for people coming here legally. But they got to do it legally. Mark Morgan, appreciate you being with us, sir. You bet. Thanks, Carl. All right, folks, we'll be back with a preview of this weekend's Trump rally. All right, folks, do not forget tomorrow night pre-show for the Trump rally starts right here on Newsmax, 7 p.m. You definitely want to be a part of that party. It is his first rally, actually, in a couple months. Remember, if you want to get reminders about this, too, you can go to text REMIND to 39747. That's REMIND to 39747. Folks, that's going to wrap up this show tonight. Make sure you come back tomorrow, Saturday morning, 9 to 11. I'll be there. Your humble host, Carl Higby. Appreciate it. Greg, we'll be back next week. We'll see you then.